Welcome to Homeschool Your Way, the upbeat, open-minded podcast that informs and affirms your choices about your kids' education. We'll provide a buffet of ideas to inspire you to homeschool your way, because your way is the best way. All of the content on the Homeschool Your Way podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The views expressed by the hosts or guests of the show are not necessarily endorsed by Bookshark. Well, hello, friends. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Homeschool Your Way. We are your hosts, Jimena and Didi, also known as the Chips and Salsa Ladies from Chips and Salsa Homeschooling. Today, we're going to talk about refreshing our homeschool because, you know, avoiding burnout is so important. And it's usually right after the holidays and when we get going that we start feeling a little burnt out and we're just ready for summer. It's so true. But before we do that, we're going to have our hack of the week. And we have Jimena bringing us a hack this week. Well, this is a hack that I rediscovered because since the pandemic, I haven't been to the library. Me neither. Well, we did go like a couple weeks ago for the first time in like two years. Which was like, yeah, it almost brought tears to my eyes for real. (laughs) But, you know, we used to go every single uh, week. And here's my hack is you go online. I'm assuming they have this all over the country um, because they have it here in California. But you go to their website and you just search for books and then you put them on hold And so even if they're coming from another library, it'll be at your library of choice, all waiting for you with your name on it. And you don't have to go looking for anything in the library. It's amazing. And it's pretty crazy because we'll get like 40 books and we'll walk out with like a huge stack. Wow, I love that. Yes, I used to do this all the time. And I have not been back to the library. So thanks for reminding me. What I like to do is have like a basket Mm -hmm. full of different topics that we're studying. So like my son really wanted to know about the Lincoln assassination and about Apollo 13. So I, you know, you go and you look for the theme and then you just get a bunch of books about it and you have it there in your basket and then they can just sort through it, which is really nice. Use your local library. It's yes. such a great resource. And I know we don't take advantage of all the things they offer enough. I agree. Well, if you have a hack you'd like to share with us, visit us at bookshark.com slash podcast. We'd love to feature your hack on a future episode. All right. Well, let's get started. So it's after Christmas and man, did it fly. Bye. <laughs> so fast. So after Christmas, I feel like there's always this like coma that we have to get out of. <laughs> you know, from holidays it's and so eating. It's so hard to get back into the groove of things. I know. Well, especially if you like rest hard like I do <laughs> during Christmas vacation where we are literally in our PJs, watching movies, doing nothing. And I love it. But then to get back into things, ugh. And then once you get back into it, you know, you feel like you're just starting to get the hang of things. And then we have spring break. And then as soon as the weather starts changing, you're just ready for summer. So what do we do? How can we refresh our homeschool in order to prevent burnout and keep our kids engaged and keep ourselves motivated until summer? Yeah, because burnout is not just us. 
right? The kids are getting burnt out and that leads to so much frustration. And we just need to think and plan so that we can avoid that. Yeah. So sometimes we think it's too late in the year to make a big change of things, but that's not true. As homeschoolers, we have the freedom to change things whenever we want. That's right. Now, Jimena's all, she is (laughs) such a planner that she is locked in at the beginning of the year. But I'm going to tell you that we've been friends a long time. This girl is blowing my mind with the amount of changes that she has been able to implement this year. Well, that's because I didn't plan at the beginning of this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I was feeling pretty just exhausted from the pandemic, and I just decided to go with the flow. And now I see your freedom, Didi. I see and understand (laughs) where you're coming from because... It's been so freeing to just kind of go with the flow and kind of reverse plan and just kind of go with what your kids want to do. So it's actually quite important to take the time to see if there's a need for change in our homeschool because our children are constantly growing and they're changing. And that's one of the reasons I think why I didn't plan so hard this year, because I saw such a change in both of my kids. And just things are not the same. It's not like before where I can like, okay, we're going to study this country and we're going to do this. And, you know, now I see them both really kind of opening their wings and really wanting to explore their own interests. So it's much harder to um, you know, tell them what to do. And I think that we need to keep this in mind as our kids keep, uh, you know, growing. So whether it's to make things more challenging for them or whether you need a more relaxed approach in this season, there's always going to be a need for change and we need to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. What we found over the years is refreshing your homeschool helps prevent burnout for us all. And a lot of times we have a very you know, cookie cutter viewpoint of education. Or if you're recently coming from the traditional school, uh, you may think, well, school, school, we just need to get, get it done, plow through the material. But what we want to challenge you to do is to take an honest look at your homeschool and really see what needs to be refreshed. So as we mentioned, if you're coming from a traditional school, um, you might have this idea that school always needs to be kind of boring and dreary, but really homeschooling does not have to be that, right? And we've said this many times, not to replicate public school or traditional school in your homeschool, but make it your own. That's why we love the title of this podcast, Homeschool Your Way. So I want to share a little bit about what I've been doing with my son. Um, you know, this it this whole this whole time that we've been homeschooling with our co-op, we've really done a lot of planning for them, right? Mm-hmm. And we've um, we've really done some amazing things. And I don't regret it because it's really been quite amazing. And I think my son recognizes that he loved it because they were together with your, you know, he was together with your boys. And it was just a different time. But now... Um, you know, as I was continuing to force him to get the work done and go by, you know, the pacing guide of our curriculum and do everything that um, I had quote unquote planned, I just kind of saw his light go out. Mm. And I realized, you know what, I, I need to make a drastic change here because I'm noticing that he's not enjoying school. And I started you know, hearing little comments like, "Ugh, we have school tomorrow, you know, versus before 
ooh, what are we going to do, mom? That was, right. that used to be his thing. So I really changed it around. Guys, I'm going to be honest. I completely ditched my curriculum. And this is not something that, uh, you know, I tend to do. But when I saw that go out, I said, no, no, no. This is, uh, this is serious because the last thing I want is for his last years of homeschooling to be boring and for him to um, just kind of his passions to die. So I decided to go the unschooling route. And right now what we're doing is we're reading the books that he wants to read. And we're rereading Harry Potter, which has been amazing and super fun. And we look forward to it every day. And we have also, um, you know, he's been studying the history that he wants to study. And he's writing his book. And he's taking a forensics class and a creative writing class. So it's still a lot of work. And it's still really enriching, but he's doing what he wants to do. And now he looks forward to getting up every morning, which has really refreshed us all. Now, this doesn't mean everyone should just ditch everything and change everything. But what does refreshing our homeschool really entail? Not necessarily throwing everything out, but it takes some thought and some planning. Absolutely. And so we want to walk you through three steps that, um, you know, you kind of need to think about in order to decide what to do. Like I agree with Didi. This is not what everybody needs to do, but this is what worked for my son. I didn't do the same thing for my daughter, you know, so it just depends on the situation. So number one, reflection. We really need to take the time to reflect on what's working and really look at the areas that are challenging us the most and ask ourselves why they're challenging us. Because it could be as simple as changing up a book, just swapping the book or um, changing your approach to an assignment, you know, or maybe change the order of the books that are being read or, you know, scratch off some things off the pacing guide and move things around. You have the freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. So in my case, I felt like things were going pretty well with my daughter. But one of our big goals this year was working on her writing. And I just felt like she was just going through the motions, but she wasn't really getting better at her writing. It was kind of status quo. And so I've gotten some new curriculum, some fresh ideas to really concentrate on that and really get her excited about writing. And, you know, I'm waiting for her to get excited, but I'm excited because already I can see her writing improving by the little things that we've been implementing. So we didn't toss out everything. A lot of what we were doing was working, but to really say, you know, what's working and what's not working and then make it work. Yeah. Well, and she will she will start enjoying that curriculum because my son fought it tooth and nail at the beginning and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he loved it. So, Number two, energizing activities. Ask yourself, what energizes you? What do you need to do in order to keep going and to be your best? Also, what energizes your family and your kids? I love... <laughs> Uh, naps, or maybe it's exercise, playing outside, sports. So think about the things that you need to implement in order to energize your homeschool. It's so important. And sometimes, like you said, it's just as simple as implementing one thing, you Mm -hmm. know, and then like implementing an hour outside of play versus watching a documentary, you know, whatever it is that you feel is really going to energize your family. 
Yeah, or maybe just your local rec has a six-week class or um, a sport that you can get enrolled in or dance class that will really bring something new to your schedule that will be something that energizes you. Yes. Number three, enjoyment. So this is, I think, a state of mind more than it is an activity because I feel like we can find joy in many things if we have that perspective. But there are activities that you may enjoy more than others, like do you prefer to read aloud outside or on the couch? Or do you prefer an audiobook? Maybe reading aloud is burning you out as a mom, and so you need to get an audiobook and all listen together while maybe you draw or sketch or, I don't know, do a puzzle. (laughs) And is there a subject that your child isn't enjoying? You know, maybe there's a unit study that you could do that would bring that joy back into your homeschool. Um, you know, there's it's okay to take breaks to do a project or something that they are really going to enjoy. I know that I did a Christmas unit study uh, right when we were feeling a little bit burnt out and I started hearing my kids kind of grumbling like, ugh, we have school, what are we going to do? And so when I created this Christmas unit study, all of a sudden they were happy again and we still did plenty of work and it was still really enriching. One thing that we've done over the years is a video or a sketch. And I have these awesome videos that we did when the kids were little of acting out some historical event or um, we did one was uh, Newton's Three Laws of Thermodynamics and the kids uh, did some kind of experiment and then I edited it. Those were so fun oh, for yeah. me and for the kids. And now we have them as memories. I love it's, that. It's just so fun. And, you know, of course, writing an essay is great to express how you've learned a topic or show your writing skills. But if you do an essay every subject or every chapter, it gets really like boring yeah for for the students and so implementing something like that a fun project or a poster board or video or a speech can just refresh remember when our boys did the civil war video oh my gosh it was so funny oh my gosh (laughs) and they worked so hard on it and were laughing while they were editing it and it was just really funny but also you know in this topic of enjoyment You need to ask yourself, is there something that you need to implement for yourself? Like maybe carve out some time to paint or to write or to read whatever it is that you really enjoy and that brings you life. You know, I think it's important, too, that we as moms are also enjoying this homeschool process because otherwise nobody's going to be happy. And what things do you need to add or take away in your homeschool in order to bring that joy back? Mm-hmm. We're going to get into some more practical tips uh, right after the break, so stay tuned. Bookshark was the best thing I've done for myself and my kids. That's what Dana said. And Tracy says, I definitely regret not starting Bookshark sooner. It has been such a great fit for our family. I couldn't agree more, Jimena. I have loved Bookshark so much. Me too. So friends, if you're wondering how you can jump on this Bookshark bandwagon, well, you can start by heading to bookshark.com. On the Bookshark website, you can request a free print catalog. So fun to browse a real magazine. Yes. Download samples and see scope and sequence charts of what's taught at each level. There's also a blog. 
at bookshark.com slash blog with hundreds of articles written by dozens of authors. The Bookshark site just has so much free information about how to teach your kids at home, whether you use Bookshark or not. Well, here's another example. You can get free unit studies and try out the Bookshark way of literature-based learning at bookshark.com slash freebies. And Dee Dee, you know how much I love unit studies. Me too. The new unit study for 2021 is about volcanoes. Yay! Well, let me share just two more quotes. Jill says, we switched to Bookshark language arts this year. This has been the best decision ever. We love how everything ties together. I can't tell you how grateful I am for Bookshark. We are looking forward to adding more subjects next year. And Catherine says, pulling my kids out of public school and getting Bookshark's full program saved our sanity. It was the best parenting decision we have made. We are so much happier now versus the kids staring lifelessly at screens all day. The open and go component and high quality literature for science, history, and language arts is amazing. Yes, and we've seen this ourselves with families that we recommended Bookshark to. Their kids were having such a hard time with distance learning and they made the switch. And they love it. So if you want to see if Bookshark is the best fit for your family, like it has been for these moms, then visit bookshark.com to get that free catalog and then add slash freebies to get free unit studies. Welcome back. Today we're talking about refreshing our homeschool in order to prevent burnout and keep everyone excited about learning. But before we uh, keep talking about this, Dee Dee is going to share this week's reflection. What do you have for us, Dee Dee? Well, I've been reading this book called The Independent Homeschool by uh, Dr. Fred Librand. And I, I was introduced to him uh, years ago, like mm-hmm. through YouTube, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I recently got his book, and he talks a lot about systems, which I've just been fascinated with systems. I heard several speakers talk about it. A lot of books have been come out about systems recently. And he's really talks about like systemizing your homeschool. So I'm really into this book. I haven't finished it yet. That's awesome. But check this out. He's talking about uh, resolving sibling conflict. And he said he sat down, he's thinking about like, what kind of system can I implement to get these two guys to stop fighting? And it was this particular season when they were really going at each other. And so he, here, here I'm going to read from his book. It says, here's the essential plan. Step one, if a conflict that begins to happen will give you a warning. So he's telling the kids, they're going to get a warning. Step two, after the warning, if they resolve it themselves without disturbing the home, then all is well. Step three, if they do not resolve it themselves, then they will immediately have to sit down and write a three-page essay entitled, Why He Was Wrong and I Am Right. (laughs) Step four, the essays will be read to the judge, which means either their mom or the dad, and the judge will declare a winner. Step five, the winner will be taken downtown to get a special dessert like tiramisu or tres leches. (laughs) (laughs) Step six, the loser will do a project in the backyard like fixing a stone wall or digging a hole. Uh, Step seven, if you resolve all your issues together without disturbing the home for one month, you'll get an entire day off of school. 
Wow. Okay, and then he says, after five months, we stopped the system and the conflict started again. So we started it back up. So literally, no essays were written. And it was the end of the arguing and conflict in their house. That's genius. Isn't that cool? Because who wants to write a three-page essay, even Uh, for a dessert? (laughs) Well, and you know what? That's so much easier than, like, I get so irritated when my kids are like, Mom! Like, you know, when it's all, Mom, look! I just, I'm like, you guys are old. Like, figure it out. (laughs) Well, there you go. You know, I'm reading that, and I'm like, okay, I see the genius, but then I also see that there has to be that follow-through. Yeah. That consistency you know, that those kids obviously know their dad is serious. Yeah. He's not going to uh, back down. Right. Right? And sometimes I'll say things like, I'm going to be really serious, and then I don't follow through. I know. Follow so, through is important. Yeah. So I just love that. I mean, I probably won't implement that exact system, but just the way that he kind of approached it really got me thinking about how I can systemize things and, and really solve my own drama and conflicts in a systematic way instead of getting frustrated. I love that. If you have a reflection that you want to share with us, go to bookshark.com slash podcast and write it there in the comments. We'd love to feature it here on one of our episodes. All right, so let's get into some of the ideas that we've implemented over the years that have really helped us. You ready, Jimena? Yes. (laughs) Let's go down memory lane. All right, well, tip number one is have a reset day. Sir, sit down and reevaluate the year. Where are you on your pacing guide? Where are you and your goals? Do you need to change anything? Do you need to ditch some curriculum or add to your curriculum? Yeah, this is important because I feel like sometimes, I mean, this is for us really, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we just keep going and we keep going and then, I feel like, at least me, I get overwhelmed. I need a reset. Like, I need to, okay, stop. Today you guys are going to read, and I'm going to sit here and look at everything. Well, I guess that's what we should say, that the reset day is not taking your whole Sunday afternoon right? to, to think about it, but a school day. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes if we think about school all weekend long. That's we, hard. Yeah, we need the rest on our rest days. And so take a day that you're you're working, right? You're I working agree. on your homeschool and the kids can, like you said, they can read a book, they can play outside, they can work on a project. They don't need you to manage everything that they're doing that day so that you can take time to think. Yeah, and once you've done that, I think it's important to also ask your kids and involve them, especially if they're older. How do they feel about finishing the curriculum? You know, are they super bummed about it? Is it like pulling teeth? Or do they have any ideas? Maybe you can take the same subject, the same book, the same concept, but do something different with it. Like maybe do a lap book or do a unit study around that book. Um, You know, there are so many different things, but they can help you come up with these ideas. Maybe they're wanting to read something in particular. Maybe they're really excited about the new Percy Jackson series or something. Now you could do a whole unit on Greek mythology, you know, or is there something that they're really wanting to learn? My daughter wants to learn the African thumb piano. And so she got really excited. She got one for Christmas and she's in her room learning how to play it, you know. But she came up with that idea. My, my son came up with the idea of 
Harry Potter. So, you know, it, sometimes they can give you a lot of fresh ideas, which is really helpful. I feel like they even give us ideas about math. Yeah. We asked, I asked my daughter about the math curriculum uh, because I was seeing that, you know, maybe it's not the best fit anymore. And in her, um, I think she accidentally uh, told me that it was a little too easy. Oh, <laughs> caught her. Yeah. And so sometimes engaging the kids in conversation can really reveal where you can maybe challenge them a little bit more or take a step back and reevaluate things. Yeah. Well, and a reset day can also involve organizing your space. Man, does it feel good to just clean out a room? Yeah. Well, and this is the kind of stuff, right, you don't want to do on the weekend, but if you just keep going, 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 it never gets done. Right. So maybe on this reset day, part of the day, you're like, kids, today we're going to clean our homeschool room. You're going to clean out those cubbies. You're going to organize your drawers. You know, you're going to do things that are going to make you feel refreshed. And we're going to start over. And this is going to be a great way to end the year. And you know what happens? Almost inevitably, you'll find that science kit that you bought that you never <laughs> opened or a game that you swore you were going to play weekly that you never played, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it refreshes everything because you're like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the law of entropy, like no matter how much you organize at the beginning of the year, it's probably time to reorganize because things just get out of control. So true. There's a reason spring cleaning is a thing. Yes. <laughs> well, tip or idea number two is to plan a spring project. So, man, we have a story for you. Um, Didi and I planned a whole garden project one spring where we were feeling a little burnt out and we were going to take two weeks of spring break. But one of the weeks we didn't want it to just go, you know, wasted. So we went and planted some flowers at her mother-in-law's house. But we did a few things before to prepare. That was so fun. So we had some really great worksheets so the kids can do some like math with gardening. And then I think the highlight for me was when we were at Home Depot getting that educational discount yes. on all the flowers that we bought. <laughs> well, and I loved that we had a guy helping us. Remember, they learned all about botany and which um, which flowers were needed more water which all right needed the perennials shade. versus the annuals yeah. and we had we had to plant different flowers in different parts of the house because the sun would hit one part you know more than the others so it was like super educational and on top of that the math that Didi's talking about you know they had to calculate perimeter and area of the place that we were going to fill the flowers and remember we had a little contest for them like we were like okay this team figure out what flowers you're gonna you know do and then the other team and you're going to present it to us and so they put it together in front of us at home depot mm -hmm. and then we chose who won and that was so fun so fun it blessed uh my kids grandparents and it was a blessing to the kids to get their hands dirty and it did not feel like school no and so much learning went on which is amazing mm-hmm you can also do spring cleaning in your garage or closets or rearrange a room. I mean, I know that doesn't sound like fun, but I feel like the kids always love it after. You know? After at is the beginning. always the best part. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning, they're moaning and groaning, but they're like, oh, man, my room feels so good. Well, it's always shocking how much trash 
comes out of the room. It's ridiculous, especially with teen especially boys. Especially the boys' room. Yes. Ugh. But all the rooms, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then also, if you're feeling crafty, you can make some crafts. But I think my favorite thing that we've done in spring has been something along the lines of more sciencey uh, projects. And that's like the caterpillar hatching or the year that we did silkworms was so amazing. Mm-hmm. I love uh, all my pictures of the kids with the butterflies. It's, you know, those years are gone. I know. In the past. But it was so fun. Uh, I've never done chicks. Well, we had, you know, the mommy and me class that we used to go to. Oh, yeah. We hatched chicks, and that uh-huh. was amazing. And in fact, there was one, I remember one time where the chick couldn't get out, and so it died in oh. the egg. And we had a whole funeral for it. Oh, and wow. And we talked about death. And it was just such a learning moment, but it was pretty amazing to see the kids go through that. And, you know, they were three. Yeah. So it was awesome. But, you know, there's so many things that you could do that involve learning. And when your kids are smaller, even when they're older, they can still do silkworms and caterpillar hatching and tadpoles and all kinds of things. So don't discard it just because they're older, because there's still a lot of learning to be had. So true. Tip number three, plan some fun outings. Yes. So I remember when... uh, my kids were younger. We used to do some nature hikes, but um, we I had a little carton, like egg carton, and I painted um, each compartment with a color. And so we would go out, and they'd have to go search for something in nature that matched that color. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, that's when they were little. Mm-hmm. But when they were older, you know, we could do nature scavenger hunts, which I'm not sure we ever did, but it's an idea for well, you. Well, we, we have taken some really fun hikes, though. Oh, we have. Another fun outing that we did was we took our paints and we painted at the Japanese Friendship Garden here in San Diego. And that was just a really great change of scenery and just, you know, something fresh. Yes, they were sketching. And at the time they were learning that Japanese song, remember? Yes. So they were singing it while they were, it was so precious. So many great memories. And there's so many things that you can do for free right in, you know, your backyard or your local neighborhood park. You know, there are so many great things that you can take advantage of and you just make it special with the things that you do with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Tip number four is plan an end-of-the-year ceremony or a fun trip to celebrate the end of the year. This could be a vacation or a trip to Disneyland or maybe just a fun picnic or whatever it is that makes your family happy. Yeah, we have uh, two other families in our co-op. And what we like to do at the end of the year is what we call Grandparents Day. And that has been so fun to invite the grandparents that, that live close to come and just show them some of the fun things the kids did during the year. I think it helps the grandparents see that, oh, they're actually learning or they're doing something. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that one year where all the grandparents were able to come. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it was so special because we made a big deal out of it. We had a committee, a planning committee. We split the co-op up um, and we had, you know, one committee plan a menu and the other committee committee do the decorations and the other committee to create the invitations and 
in charge of the program and the music and oh yeah, my god, I think one of my sons was in charge of the playlist. And after I'm like, those were some questionable <laughs> choices there. <laughs> oh man, I know, but they, I just love that they thought about it. You know what I mean? And they were able to put it together, and then they put a little program together where they recited the poetry they had learned, and it, it was just really special. But I think also another special thing that maybe this is something you want to implement is that they created what we called a treasure board. It could also be in the form of a scrapbook, but it was just basically a board that displayed some of their favorite work that they had done Mm -hmm. or the favorite things that they had learned from each subject. And so the the grandparents were able to go around and look at these um, boards and the kids explained it to them. And I just thought that was precious. So precious. And another thing we did was have the kids think back to their favorite poem that they did that year and re-recite it, which, you know, is always fun. Yes. Well, let's say you're planning a trip, you know, a family trip to celebrate the end of the year. A great idea is to research together, plan it together, budget together. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much learning that can happen there, like how much money you guys are going to have, how much you're going to spend on lodging, on airfare or on gas. And then you learn about this place that you're going to together. And so it builds up excitement But there's also learning involved. And I know we used to do this with Disneyland all the time. Like I'd get books about Walt Disney. You know, we talk about the history of Disney. We'd use Disney songs to learn vocabulary. You know, there was just so many things that you could do. And um, and it would just build up excitement. And, um, you know, the kids would really look forward to this. Another thing that we've done is fundraising for a big trip. And we may have mentioned it on our podcast before. We did an epic field trip to Washington, D.C. Oh, my gosh. We're in California. So that was a big deal. It really (laughs) was. If you want to go to our YouTube channel and check it out, we do have it on video there, all documented. And we did so much every single day. (laughs) But the fundraising beforehand was so much. Yeah. (laughs) Because the kids had to make stuff. They had to hustle. They had to... Make videos to promote it. Yeah. And flyers. And and that was just an awesome experience. And then, of course, the time we had in D.C. was amazing. And we did a boot camp of American history using Bookshark's lap book. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. The U.S. history lap book. And so it was even more amazing because we tweaked it a little bit to go more with our uh, trip. Yeah, to go with the sites that we were going to be seeing. Oh, amazing. And it was like two weeks and it was intense. Yeah, (laughs) it was. But it was, what a memory. It was so worth it. And talk about infusing some excitement into the end of our school year. That was really something special to look forward to. So yeah. uh, we hope that this will help get your wheels turning on some fun things you can do to infuse fresh ideas into your homeschool. Well, once again, we are so grateful that you joined us today. We love learning and growing with you. And if this episode has inspired you or helped you in any way, would you consider leaving us a review or a comment at bookshark.com slash podcast? We love hearing from you and we read every comment. We can't wait to hear how you decided to refresh your homeschool so you can continue to homeschool your way. Until next time, friends. Bye. 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 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com slash podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.